0: so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Milwaukee, start your engines. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, sports cars, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Now, here's your host, Steve Saki. Hey, and
1: welcome to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Make sure to check out greatlakesdragway.com for all the latest news in drag racing and what's going on at Great Lakes Dragway, especially uh, this week where we have a unique event. It is the Anarchy No Prep Event 2019. Make sure you get out there. uh, And then don't forget, we'll be out there. The final inspection show will be out there Saturday, July 6th. And we'll have more details about that coming up later in the show. I'd also like to thank David Hobbs Honda for supporting us. Make sure to check out DavidHobbs.com for all the latest and best choices in new and used vehicles at DavidHobbs.com. And uh, it's... Our first run
2: together, Sam Schmitz. Yes, sir. How long have you been here? Uh, I just started officially in the beginning of March. You were interning in that? Yeah, I was interning on the Bill Michael Show for about like a year and a half during my okay. time at UWM.
1: So we probably may have spoke on the phone.
2: Probably, probably a few times, when I, yeah.
1: Yeah, when I, you had me on the show a couple times. And uh, yeah, first time here. Very nice to meet you. Happy to be here. First time. Are you into racing at all? Um, you know, you can say no. It's okay. uh,
2: Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna say no, (laughs) but I will say this: my dad is a huge fan. He's always watching every Sunday and all that. So I'm, I'm kind of a Formula Formula One guy. That's okay. I don't know much about it, but I enjoy watching Formula One over NASCAR and been to the Indy 500 once. So at least there's that. When was that? Uh, two years ago. Okay, Mm -hmm.
1: that was a good one to be at. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, have you? What other big events have you been at? Uh, racing
2: wise, or anything? Um, big events. I mean. Packer games. You've been Lambo. Yeah, a bunch of times. Uh, I was at the what's the name of the Milwaukee race that Summerfest? At the IndyCar race. Yeah, yeah. The gone IndyCar. to that a few
1: times. But uh, what was your opinion of the Indianapolis 500? Man, that was a blast. I mean, I was uh, the amount of people did that kind of blow you away.
2: Yeah, I was. I was with my family mostly the entire time, and you know we were just you know tailgating and all that, and I I, I didn't know what to expect going in, but man, that was probably like. Easily top five, one of the that's best events I've ever been to.
1: Over, over a quarter of a million people. Yeah, I couldn't and, believe and it. That, and it's a huge track. But you're talking about about three-quarters, um, I think almost three-quarters, no, just under over three-quarters of the population of the city of Milwaukee. Jeez. <laughs> so, uh, and, and not only that, but the other thing that's equally impressive is how over the years, because they've been doing the event since 1911, is how well uh, the city and that moves traffic out? Mm-hmm. They actually move. Uh, did you leave right away or?
2: Yeah, um, we, I mean, we tried, but obviously, you know, right. It takes but once,
1: once, once, kind of like that bottleneck broke through, did you go down where one of the roads is all one way? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they were going as fast as you could, right? Yeah,
2: it was rough <laughs> to say the least
1: i I did that once where i i kind of left with the crowd mm-hmm. and and i got i made a rookie mistake and I couldn't get over to where I wanted to yeah. so I ended up going uh east and they, they, what they do is they'll send you in a direction you know they're they're just trying to get people away from that area and just kind of release the pressure so yeah. to speak and I remember going down um sixteenth street um and it was all one way and east of the uh, railroad tracks and it was i i was one of the early ones and i had cops you know giving me the you know the the arm moving i was going about 50 and they were telling me to go faster because traffic was going all one way and next thing i'm going about and i got a car passing me and we are flying and it was it was it was just so weird to see all these people leaving in this mass. So not only is it not only an incredible sporting event, yeah. but actually from the logistical point of view, it's incredible how they get able to get the people out of there. And it was interesting when they had the Super Bowl there a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people in the NFL and the media people were marvelled at how well everything went in Indianapolis. Well, part of that reason was because they had pretty much a super bowl every year with the indianapolis 500 with the account of the the amount of people so having you know 75,000 people for the super bowl and all the media people that was that was easy for them
2: yeah indy's a great city i've been there a few times when i was a kid my sisters were gymnasts and for some reason they would like always have events there so we were there a few times as a family and then obviously for the 500 but man that's a Great city for any event that you're going to be hosting and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, they do a lot with uh, conventions and that, and, and it's yeah, it's a lot of fun. A lot of fun times in Indianapolis, that's for sure. Speaking of fun times, we're gonna have a fun show today. Coming up next, we're gonna be talking some NASCAR, along and other and other things in the sport of racing with Dennis Michelson from D Mike Media. Full show today. We're gonna have Bob Sargent on from Track Enterprises. In the second half of this hour, talking about the Milwaukee Mile uh, extravaganza, Father's Day weekend, looking forward to that. And uh, it's not only stock cars that are going to be at the Milwaukee Mile Father's Day weekend, but we're going to also have vintage indie cars. So after we talk to Bob Sergeant, we're going to be talking to Mike Lashman of Vintage Indy Registry and talking about all the cool vintage indie cars That'll also be appearing at the Milwaukee Mile Father's Day weekend. So this is going to be one of those events where there's going to be something for everybody. We got a lot of a lot of uh, classes of cars running there, and a lot of events going on around it, and should be a real fun time. So make sure you get out to the Milwaukee Mile Father's Day weekend; should be a lot of fun. And then in the second hour, we're going to be chatting with uh, Eddie uh, Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com, getting caught up in the world of uh, IndyCar, and maybe for Sam, we'll even talk some Formula One. And then uh, Jeff Orlowski and I will be returning to the world of NASCAR in the second half of uh, our number two and Jeff's interview with Ricky Stenhouse, Jr., too, NASCAR driver. So looking forward to that. Should be a full, sh- full show today. So coming up next, we'll be talking with Dennis Michelson on the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove and David Hobbs Honda. show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Strayway in Union Grove and along with uh, David Hobbs Honda. I'm Steve Zotke along with Sam Schmitz and joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it is Dennis Michelson from D Mike Media. Welcome to the show Dennis.
3: Mr. Z Man, it is great to be
1: here. You know, it's basically summer. Finally, summer has arrived (laughs) uh, to the Midwest and uh, it's a clear day, beautiful weather. And, uh, racing is, uh, getting into, should we say fifth gear or sixth gear? Cause everybody's running this weekend.
3: Oh, it's, it's fantastic. There's no shortage of great racing going on, but you know, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm already upset that my schedule is not going to allow me to be at the Milwaukee mile for the return of racing there. I know you guys have been talking all about that and we'll be talking even more about that, but yeah, it's. It's amazing the the minute uh, Mother Nature decides to actually not drown us out. Of course, I'm responsible because ever since I got the rule package ready and spent all that money on the arc tour, of course the dry weather was here.
1: <laughs> it certainly has, and it's it, we 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 do need to dry out. There's there's portions of my yard I've yet to been able to uh, to mow this year because the the water tables are so high where I live and pretty much everywhere in the Midwest.
3: Oh, it's, it's ridiculous. You know, it's it, this has been a bizarre spring with all the rain. And, you know, for a while there it was cooperating because, you know, we we're at least staying dry Monday through Thursday to dry out, of course, wiping all the racing out Friday through Sunday with rain. And, you know, Mother Nature decided to, to say, here, hold my beer and decided to give us rain seven days a week for a while there. It was <laughs> getting a little crazy. But, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, weather goes in cycles, and that means we should be due for about 90 days' dry weather here as we do get into the best part of the racing season. And you're right. There's so much great racing around. And here in the Midwest, we're just blessed with so much great racing. And uh, just did a feature this week about the CRA Junior Late Model Series, and uh, 10- to 15-year-olds racing in late models as a great entry path on the ladder up the late model deal. So we had a feature with Katie Hevinger out of Michigan. Her family, you know, members in the, uh, the Michigan Hall of Fame. And, you know, IRA uh, outlaws will be, you know, racing all over the place in the, 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 uh, the hell tour will be kicking off here in another week or so. So, yeah, we're going to have just a, a, a great, you know, bunch of, of local racing, but it's also getting very interesting for the NASCAR and the IndyCar uh, side of things as well.
1: It certainly has. Uh, speaking of which, uh, for the Firekeepers Casino 400 tomorrow at Michigan in the Cup Series, uh, Joey Logano uh, one to pull this morning with uh, Eric Amarola uh, will be starting alongside And in the second row, Kevin Harvick, Denny Hamlin, and then filling out the top ten, we have uh, Clint Boyer, Paul Menard, and uh, Kurt Busch, Brad Keselowski, Daniel Suarez, and Ricky Stenhouse will be on the show in the second hour. So uh, Joey Logano on the pole, our favorite driver. No, we're just
3: kidding about that. Yeah, it's uh, (laughs) it's amazing how how Fords in in Michigan seem to do well. Um, You know, speaking of Kyle Busch, though, that young driver development project that he had racing for him down in Texas last <laughs> night, um, the Biff, 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 Greg Biffley.
1: Did you I, hear, I did, did he you hear what he, some- what, what the owner Kyle Bush said this morning, uh, to Jamie little.
3: Suppose oh, he was. Uh, yeah, he he was kind of ripping his other boys a little bit.
1: Well, no, um, not that. But uh, apparently, there's some question if Biffle is actually uh, uh, eligible for the fifty thousand dollars bonus.
3: Oh God, that's funny. That is I, funny.
1: Can you imagine well, he that?
3: Should he should be. Why not? He right. Money. He's been unemployed for a while. He needs the cash.
1: So uh, that that's kind of interesting. That's a story they'll be developing. Uh, you know, I. I you know, I don't understand it, but yeah, that was, uh, and, and the, also the Arca, Arca raced in, uh, the Arca stock cars raced at Michigan and, uh, kind of a short field and the first, uh, probably 80% of that race was God awful. But I tell you what, we were just talking about this. Uh, uh, I was talking about this with Jeff where sometimes, you know, with, with the competition yellows and all this stuff that NASCAR does is sometimes it'll take strategy out well, what what we saw in the in the ARCA race is no competition yellows, no breaks, and then we had two people, two guys, you know, basically chasing each other from totally opposite strategies with Ty Majewski, and, 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 and you know, we saw a great finish.
3: Yeah, about a half a mile or, or three quarters of a mile shy of of uh, pulling off the the ultimate, but. Yeah, Arca started so strong this year. I was just thrilled with all the racing we are seeing. The last couple of races have been pretty ordinary again, uh, but that's the big tracks. You know, When you put Arca on the short tracks, uh, that'll be a heck of a show as it always is. And then, of course, they're the only series that runs all kinds of cockamamie combinations from the dirt to the short tracks to the super speedway. So
4: it's still a
3: great test and still fun to watch and you know, it's, it's also my favorite part of art, I think, over the years has been watching the look of horror on the winning driver's face as uh, Bill Venturini Sr. comes over to give him a <laughs> I skin.
1: love that. And, and for, for uh, the
3: highlights, <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was Michael Self in that, that cool looking uh, Sinclair dinosaur car that edged out uh, Ty Majeski, who uh, was uh crew chief by Paul Andrews, who's uh, very popular in these parts. So with his work, uh, Previously yep. with Alan Kawicki back in the day, but yeah, the Bill Venturini, uh, big big kiss. I, I, I love that. That's hilarious. Good stuff. <laughs> love Big Bill.
3: Yeah, it's good. It's good to see uh, Big Bill still at the track too. Because a few years ago, we had a few health problems with, mm-hmm. with the big guy. So great to see. You know, I just I, that's one of my favorite things about going to Indy every year. So the 500. Is seeing all these old timers and seeing how good they're still doing, and you know, it's it, there's just certain there's certain guys in racing that you know, as media you're supposed to be sort of not biased, but how can you not just love the Venturini family and all they've done in racing? So I, you know, they I've got a real soft spot, spot for. Uh, a big bill, and uh, he also saved me from getting in the middle of a fight once at Toledo, so I, I still own him <laughs> for that. Did
1: he, like, palm your head and just pick you up and move you over to the side?
3: He actually just took a step in front and, and <laughs> acted as a very large block for me as I, was, as I was standing there. It was guys from Kimmel's group and guys from his group that were about to go at it, and I had gone over to to you know congratulate him and then he saw the big mop scene going and he said just look out he took a step backward <laughs> and, and was my shield at, at Toledo but uh yeah all just fun folks i mean it's just everybody with that family they just eat breathe you know sleep racing and they're they're just they're really cool people too they're just uh you know they're intense they love to win and uh, nobody shows it better than uh, than the old man when he
1: wins as well. Uh, getting back to the truck race, it is interesting. Right on NASCAR.com, it says, uh, Greg Biffle rolled into a lucrative NASCAR Gander Outdoors Truck Series Triumph with a $50,000 payday in his comeback Friday in his comeback race Friday night at Texas Motor Speedway. sidestepping being a flurry of crashes to win the first ever triple truck challenge bonus p- program. So I mean, right on NASCAR.com, it says yes, he won the fifty thousand dollar bonus, and now we're hearing uh, that there might be some controversy about that today for uh, Kyle Busch.
3: They should have put a they should have put, put a rookie stripe on the car and make sure he qualified.
1: Do you remember when they did that to John Andretti when he was running, I think uh, the Xfinity, the, the old Bush series, and it was so ridiculous because he had like two hundred plus Cup races and whatnot, and. And a pair of wins and whatnot, they, they did that to somebody else. And I just, it was so, it was NASCAR bureaucracy at its worst, you know? I mean, here you got a guy, I, you, you know, cause he hasn't raced in it, but it's a junior series. It, it, it just, you know, it was, it, it, you just like to just grab people by the shirt collars and just tell them, uh, you, know. And, you know, you, 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 one of these drivers, I, I would have said, well, they they were making jokes about it, but you know they they did that. Now now there was a situation with uh, Darlington, where if you raced Darlington for the first time, didn't matter who you were, you had to take a rookie test. And through scheduling and whatnot, AJ Foyt had never raced Darlington until I want to say about 1989, 1990, and he raced Darlington. And you know he heard about the test. People were talking about the test. And NASCAR said, no, 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 that's okay. You don't have to take the test. And Floyd said, no, I'll take the test. I want, you know, I will. Well, I'm not special. If you guys, you know, request a test from a driver that runs you for the first time, I have no problem taking the test. He did. Knowing AJ, he probably used it as a testing session himself and extra time. Why not? But, you know, that way I can see, okay, because Darlington is such a tricky track and whatnot. But, you know, to make a guy who raced. You know, in your series, a half dozen years, whatever that was for John Andretti, and there was others. There's been other situations where guys went from the cup level and stepped down to race full time, and they put rookie stripes on them. That's just ridiculous thinking.
3: Yeah, but it would have worked for Biffle. You know, would have made sure it got. Why
1: well, is it a 50, kind of a like wink, 50, wink type 000. thing? Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> should have been racing under an alias. That was money. You know,
1: that was uh, his first. Uh, his first NASCAR race since uh, 2016, and it was his first uh, truck race since 2004 and his first truck win since 2001. So pretty impressive for the 49-year-old Biffle. Amazing that he can step right into uh, a, a truck and do as well as he did. But uh, for those, some of those who might not be aware, he had been doing some vintage, uh, vintage uh, Trans Am racing with the SVRA, with some events uh, last year and earlier this year, so he's been getting some uh, some uh, some wheel time behind the wheel, but uh, certainly not in the uh, truck series. And that's a very impressive win last night for uh,
3: for Biffle. Yeah, fun to see, and he also does some off road racing mm-hmm. uh, as well. So he, he does a little bit of everything. You know, he was the, he's just an old school racer. You know, that's like the last of the guys to get discovered by Benny Parsons uh out at uh at Tucson when they were doing the winter heat races uh for ESPN back in the day before they had any, you know, other stick and ball sports stuff to broadcast and he used to be heavy on racing. And that's how he got his start as far as getting a getting a way into NASCAR. Wouldn't it be still cool if you had those sorts of ways to sort of earn a ride in NASCAR nowadays? Now it
1: Imagine you know, that, huh? How big, <laughs> How big
3: of a check can you bring? How many sponsors can you bring? I mean, we're already hearing rumors about Clint Boyer. He's having a fabulous season, and yet the rumors of silly season are already upon him. You know, are you going to be in the ride next year? You know, this it's never a question of talent anymore in NASCAR. It's a matter of money.
1: Certainly is. Uh, I saw an interesting stat this morning on, on the coverage about Kevin Harvick. Uh, last year after 14 races, he had five wins and had led nine hundred and nine laps in twenty eighteen. So far this year, after fourteen races, he has zero wins and has led uh, two hundred and eighty two laps so far this year. Uh, is the race tomorrow in Michigan a race he can win?
3: Oh yeah, yeah. Anytime time he straps into the car, he can win. And the interesting thing is, going into a couple of weeks ago, before he had this that little bobble, and yeah, well, he had that race one last week without that penalty um but going into there even though his lap sled and his wins were way down his average finish was actually real close and he was about seven points higher in the standings as far as last year to this year so he's very very consistent just not finding a way to win and again it's pit road penalties trouble on pit road these little weird things that you know again he's running out of uh, toes they're shooting themselves in the foot and this one last week was just ridiculous they do a two tire stop and they don't take the tire back like that cost him the difference between first place cuz he came out with a with a sizable lead and finishing where he finished in the, in the mid 20s or whatever so you know again he have the, the car to beat and beat himself
1: Talking with Dennis uh, Michelson and the Great Midwest Bank Hotline from DMAG Media. And kind of coming up in the second half of the hour, we'll be talking with Bob Sargent of Track Enterprises, along with Mike Lashmet of uh, Vintage Indie Registry, talking about the Father's Day extravaganza at the Milwaukee Mile, coming up next. And Dennis, uh, Kyle Bush. interesting. Uh, you know, he, he's had top 10s. I think he's got like four top 10s in a row uh, at Michigan, but... It's not one of his best tracks. Uh, There's a stat here I thought that was interesting. Um, He's got the, 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 uh, let's see here, four top ten finishes in the last uh, four Michigan races, including a fourth and a third place. Uh, But he's had some issues in the past where he's had a a pair of DNFs in 2015. He blew an engine in 2016. He's only led laps in four of the last 14 Michigan races. Uh, Wow. Yeah, he's not, you know, we, we, we've seen drivers who have excelled in the past, like Bill Elliott, who pretty much, you know, this was a cornerstone of his uh, racing career in Michigan, and also lately his sunk. Uh, Chase Elliott's done so well here. Uh, Kyle, what, what can we expect from Kyle
3: Busch this weekend? I think Kyle's going to be strong because here's the big difference, and you look at those stats, you see the discrepancy, and then you look at more recent data, and you see he's doing better. Since they started restricting these engines the last couple of years, now Michigan has gone from being a flat-out high horsepower, how quick can you get back on the gas type of track and how deep can you drive it in, to how quick can you get around the corners. And that's his specialty. That's why he's the killer in the truck series and in the Xfinity series, and nobody can beat him because he's really good at getting the most out of the momentum of the car through the corners and now with these restricted engines and a high downforce package that they have with that huge spoiler, it's going to be even more important with how you manage the middle of the corners. So I like his chances, but this week I like Chase Elliott. I know he didn't qualify as good, but he'll race up to the front.
1: Yeah, it's interesting with uh, with some of the packages, qualifying packages and whatnot. There's a you know there's definitely uh, a, some strategies involved in qualifying today where. You know, I, I don't care where I qualify. I'm just going to put the the stable, the best race package and qualify and where, where I made today. And uh, I think Chase Elliott was definitely one of those guys. Who are, who are a couple other cars you think that we should take a look at uh, tomorrow?
3: Well, Martin Truex Jr.'s had a weird record where he's had a horrible finish and then a great finish. So he's due for another great finish. And kind of one of my long shots this year is a kid that did very well last week out of Pocono, and years ago I did a study of showing how similar the the race package needs are for Pocono in Michigan. And Eric Jones had a real strong run. Uh, I would expect a pretty good run out of him tomorrow as well. but you're right, guys were trying a little bit different things. you know track position is such a big deal, and clean air is such a big deal nowadays with this package but some of the teams probably tweaked their setup a little bit to try to get a little better qualifying run, you know, because they wanted that track position. But other guys set up more for the long run cars that, you know, during the day tomorrow, and it's not going to be incredibly hot. So I think we're going to see some pretty good races tomorrow.
1: Yeah. And Kyle Larson has certainly been uh, frustrated this year with, with his ride uh-huh. into 42 car. And we it really manifested itself uh, last week in Pocono, where you know he was running well, and he's he, we're at the end of the race. He's doing everything he can, and he really smacked the wall at a turn two. He's probably you know just basically giving it at all, making his last run there, and, and it's just it's got to be so frustrating for that a driver as talented as him, and, and, and the frustration is starting to bubble up, isn't it? Yeah, and
3: here's the thing with guys like that is they come from the mentality of, you know, I don't really care about finishing fifth. You know, they want to win every race. And sometimes that gets you in trouble in today's NASCAR format. Um, But he's going to be, you know, another guy that, you know, typically at Michigan, somebody figures out the high line at Michigan. And with this lower horsepower package, getting through the corners being such key, that high side, the Harry Gantt line, might come into play, and if it does, you know who's going to be up there because that's where he lives, is up against the uh, the fictitious cushion, as uh, I like to say. You know, he's a, a dirt track racer is always looking for the cushion. He ain't going to find it at a NASCAR track. Uh, he's going to find the Walpers. but uh, he always seems to be the first guy to migrate up high and see if he can get it done.
1: Well, and it, it it's paid off in the past. Uh, you know, is his win in 2017 in that second race was – probably his most dominating performance. Uh, I think he won the pole position, led almost half the race, and then, you know, you won again the following spring. He's second in the points. And now at this point, you're wondering, you know, what has happened. And, yeah, is he, you know, it could be a situation where he's almost trying too hard, is he? Yeah, well,
3: the format sort of says, hey, you win and you're in the chase or the playoffs or whatever the heck we're calling it. Are we calling it the playoffs again this year? I, <laughs> I keep forgetting to get the memo from NASCAR. Just as soon as I got used to calling it the chase because they said that you shouldn't call it the playoffs, they started calling it the playoffs. But I digress. <laughs> um, but the, the format says, hey, you win, you're in and guys like you know guys like him and you know, it's it's weird. You know, Larson Bush, Kyle Bush, they just want to win, and they're not going to settle for just running fifth. They're going to try everything that they can, and if that means that they brush the wall and they finish twenty-fifth instead of fifth, um, so what? They gave it that shot to win, and I love that. You know, my my favorite thing back in the day was I I used to say that they should have a fifty-point penalty for anybody who says I was point racing today, <laughs> and I just want guys to win or nothing. And that's why, you know, it's it's hard not to root for Kyle Larson with that kind of attitude.
1: Well, who's your pick this week in uh, Michigan?
3: I'm going to take Chase Elliott. He's been ultra okay. ultra consistent here. He gets the most out of these uh, momentum tracks. And it's kind of a weird stat that I keep with my little fantasy racing uh, points total. He's got an eight-point spread in my ratings this week, and that is like almost never happened. So... I like Chase Elliott's chances. wasn't happy with where he qualified, but I think he'll race to the front.
1: I like that pick. I'm going to go with Brad Koslowski. So uh, look for Brad Koslowski and get a cup win in his uh, home state of Michigan. So uh, we'll see how that develops tomorrow at Michigan for the Fire's Keepers Casino 400, Michigan International Speedway. Dennis, it's always a pleasure chatting with you.
3: Thanks, Mister Z. It was great running into you down at Indy as well. Always nice to see you out at the track and uh, hanging with all the important people out there. You know, it was there, yeah, anyway.
1: it was a lot of fun. And when you know, I was kind of it was it was sad watching security escort you out. So, but well, well you
3: know, <laughs> they 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 will only put up with riffraff for a while. there, those yellow shirts.
1: <laughs> all right, Dennis. Looking forward to the next time, and uh, we will chat again, my friend.
3: Thank you, sir. Just want a reminder to everybody up there in Wisconsin, head over to Madison, Wisconsin, Bree Stevens Field in downtown Madison, the big AUDL Frisbee football all-star game. You want to be there. Nobody puts on a party like Madison. You'll have a beer garden to enjoy as well as a great game.
1: All right, excellent. Thank you, Dennis Michelson and the great Midwest Bank hotline. Coming up next on the Final Inspection Show, we'll be talking with Bob Sargent from Track Enterprises as we, as we talk about the Father's Day Extravaganza coming up next week at the Milwaukee Mile. You wanted racing to return. To the Milwaukee Mile, it is returning. We better see you in the stands. Bob is going to talk about it. Looking forward to it. Coming up next on the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove and David Hobbs (laughs) Honda. legendary great lakes dragway in union grove along with david hobbs honda stock car racing is returning to the milwaukee mile on father's day sunday june 16th as the arca midwest tour will be joined by four other classes of racing including the vintage indy registry and their vintage indy cars this is a can't miss event and uh, we are certainly uh Glad to be a part of it and joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. It is from Track Enterprises, the promoter. Bob Sargent, welcome to the show, Bob. Oh, thank you. And uh, we're it's getting pretty close. We're a week away, and uh, how are things progressing with the uh, the? As I've been calling it, the Father's Day Extravaganza, because it certainly is.
4: It is. You know, we've got a, a, as you said, five divisions, different types of race cars there that day, all cultivating – with a, a 100 lap main event for the super late model. So, kind of a Father's Day 100 there at the end of the, the weekend. You know, Saturday we've got practice and then street drag Saturday night. Then we come back Sunday with a full day of cars on the, the one mile oval.
1: Yeah, it's it's it, as I've been telling people, there's something for everybody there. And uh, we'll be talking to Mike Lashmidt of the Vintage Indie Registry uh, coming up next. But not only do we have vintage Indy cars there, but we also have vintage stock cars there, too. And uh, for those who love the old uh, vintage stock cars, there's another reason to come out to the Milwaukee Mile, which has certainly seen its share of great stock car racing over the years.
4: Oh, yeah. You know, the, the tradition here is just phenomenal, and that's why we wanted to include the Indy cars and the stock cars both. That's kind of what the, the facility's been built on a little bit of, of each type of racing. So we're going to bring it all in on uh, Father's Day Sunday. We want to really encourage the families to come out, and you know, you know, the the kids can bring dad, and vice versa, and gosh, generations can come with grandpa, and and it's just, it could be a great day, you know. And and again, uh, the the beautiful Indy cars out there on the track. We'll have the the trucks. We'll have the mid am cars, and again, the hundred lap super late model cars so really do expect a lot of excitement on the track and a, such a, a good day to
1: fans and uh the, the the best thing is you have a really basic a really simple tickets package uh for the fans and it's very reasonably priced too can you tell us about that
4: yeah you know we do we try to keep this very reasonable we're 25 dollars uh, up until race day then we're 30 um and there's some places Get some discount tickets. Menards, most your Menards stores have got discount $20 tickets. Um, we've got a real cheap infield ticket for people that want to go in there and kind of tailgate and just watch the races from the back of your pickup or your camp or whatever in the infield. So those are just $20. So a uh, uh, really uh, affordable day
1: for the family. And you know, I know in the past uh, the infield parking has been very, very limited, and there's been some complaints of that where – where the fans like to just do do exactly that: get there early, get their spot, start the grilling, get the you know cool you know coolers of beer and whatnot, and sit in the infield. And uh, th- th- there's more than a, a more certainly that option is available coming up next week, isn't there?
4: It is. You know, we're a little bit different. We did not limit it. There's plenty of space in that infield, so we encourage everyone that wants to. In the afternoon, and uh, you know, not tied down to a seat, let the kids run around, and play football and frisbee and what have you. Um, cooking grills are allowed, so somebody can make a day out of the infield easily, and uh, you know, get to see all the action on the track in the infield. Enjoy uh, whether it be your own family or, or your your neighbors around you. So the infield is wide open, and uh, we encourage everyone to come in there.
1: And how's been uh, the the support you've been getting locally from? Uh... You know, from not only the media that there, but, you know, the, the kind of man on the street. How, what, how, what's their reaction been?
4: The support, you know, from when we announced this thing in the wintertime, it's just been phenomenal. We've been to some trade shows. The people at the State Fair Park have worked with us phenomenally. Um, They're excited. They're encouraged and and they're helping us out a lot the people the Midwest tour the people at uh, Around, you know, whether it be you know, Jim Trado and Dave uh, different people that have helped us uh, Logistically and and feel our way through the Milwaukee area So we have really had a lot of help and uh, the fan response has been phenomenal, you know with uh, online Social media and all that. So, we expect a, a good crowd. Um, we know we've got a lot of entries, over 50 uh, late model entries. So, you know, we could have over 150 cars there. And uh, again, the crowd response has been phenomenal.
1: And who are some of the drivers we can expect out there that some of the fans may be familiar with?
4: You know, there's just a lot of different ones, whether it be from Oklahoma, from Colorado. We're getting entries from all over, obviously, the, the Midwest, whether it be in was the Wisconsin area. So, you know, I think we Rich Bickle, filed an entry. Uh, we've got a couple champions, CRA champion. Donnie Wilson's a, a winner in Nashville. we just got different people from all over. Ty Majeski, a, a recent ARCA winner. So, uh, a lot of different uh, styles of driving will be on hand, whether it be young rookies all the way up to veterans. And
1: uh, this is, and of course, Track Enterprises is uh, known throughout the Midwest in, in in short track racing. What are some of the other venues you you also promote at?
4: Well, we're at about twenty four different venues. So you know, whether it be Elko, Minnesota, up to Bayou, um, we're at the Illinois State Fair, the Coin State Fair, Indianapolis. One mile dirt oval there, the Lucas Oil Raceway. We just got down with one in Nashville, one in Pensacola, Florida. So we're really all over the place. We race a little more often in Terre Haute, Indiana, um, with some USAC uh, open wheel cars. So world of outlaws over there. So we have a lot of different venues with a lot of different types of racing.
1: All right, Bob, we certainly appreciate you joining the show. And uh, what 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 do you? Is there any tips or anything you can give the fans that are coming out next week?
4: I think the biggest tip is to to go to trackenterprises.com. dot com. We've got the full schedule, the itinerary for the whole weekend, minute by minute, what's going to be happening, what time the gates open, how much tickets are, where you can get tickets, things of that nature. So, I think that'd be my biggest tip is to come prepared and uh, you know kind of know what time everything's happening and, and where to park and all that.
1: I know we're we're, we're getting excited here about uh, next weekend. Should be a lot of fun, and uh, we certainly appreciate your efforts to uh, bring racing. Back to the historic Milwaukee Mile. Wish you all the best. Looking forward to being out there, and we appreciate you coming on the show.
4: No, thank you for having me. We'll hope to
1: see everybody next weekend. All right, that was Bob Sargent at Track Enterprises joining us on the Midwest Bank Hotline. Coming up next, we're going to be talking with Mike Lashman from the Vintage Indie Registry, and uh, we'll be chatting about some vintage indie cars, which is uh, on the bill coming up next week at the Milwaukee Mile.
0: This is Final Inspection with Steve Zaki. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. On 105.7 FM, The Fan.
1: And welcome back to the final inspection show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Make sure to check out Great Lakes Strayway on Facebook and at GreatLakesDragway.com for all the latest news at Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, along with uh, David Hobbs Honda. Make sure to check out DavidHobbs.com for all the latest and new and used vehicle choices, um, not only in Hondas, but all sorts of makes and models. At DavidHobbs.com, joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it is Mike Lashman from the Vintage Indie Registry. Welcome to the show, Mike. So let's go to the Midwest Bank Hotline, and we'll try Mike Lashman from the Vintage Indie Registry once again. Mike, how are you doing, sir? Great, Steve. So uh, how this are you today? Pretty good, pretty good. This is a pretty cool event. Uh, I was just telling the fans, you know, how important this this event is for the future of the Milwaukee Mile. But not only is it, you know, it's serious in that way, but it's going to certainly be a fun event because at this at at this race uh, event coming up Father's Day, there's going to be a lot of opportunities for fans to interact with these cars, isn't there?
5: Yeah, there's going to be a wide variety of cars there, as Bob Sargent mentioned, and. uh... To quote Paul Newman's character from the movie Winning back in 69, his character was Frank Capaw. And, you know, everybody goes to Milwaukee after Indy, and we're coming off the Indianapolis 500 by three weeks. And uh, we're really anxious to get to Milwaukee and put on this great show for the fans at what is the world's oldest racetrack, the oldest continuous use racetrack in the world, the Milwaukee Mile.
1: And uh, I was with you guys on on Gateway last year in August, and fantastic event, and the fans just loved it, a lot of fans. And what was most impressive when I was with you guys in St. Louis is the cross-section of not only, you know, you got your older fans that actually saw a lot of these cars race, you know, when they raced back in the day, but a lot of the the younger fans too. And it's it's pretty cool seeing, you know, whether it's uh, high school, the teenagers to, you know, younger kids, And the one thing that they seem to be intrigued is the variety of cars back then. You know, from front engine cars to rear engine cars to wing cars to ground effect cars. And kind of, uh, Mike, walk us through the variety of cars that are going to be seen on, on Father's Day. Well,
5: at the Milwaukee Mile, it's going to be just like down at Gateway, only maybe even a little bit better. We've got a gamut of cars running from the early 1930s all the way up through the latter part of the 90s. Uh, we've got entries from literally California to Virginia to Connecticut, all over the Midwest. And we've even got an entry with a 1930s. coming all the way from Australia, believe it or not. Uh, The fans are going to see, you know, five iconic roadsters there, the Parnelli Jones 63 Old Calhoun, the 1964 Foyt Sheraton Thompson car, uh, a leader card car, one of the Wilkie cars out of of Milwaukee. Uh, Let's see what else. Gosh. Uh, We're going to have rear-engine cars from the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, the Bill Simpson Cheetah. Uh, the Bobby Unser 1972 Olsenite Eagle, uh, Offy, which won at Milwaukee in 72 uh, and sat on the pole at Indianapolis in 72. We're going to have Raul Bozell's late 90s Riley and Scott Aurora car that was is a brand new restoration rolling oh, out neat. for the first time. Yeah. And uh, also Mike Mosley's AR Eagle, the Blatt Eagle out of uh, Santa Ana, California, that uh, was Dan Gurney's favorite all-time design Eagle.
1: Yeah, and that uh, that one is uh, really cool because it has the throwback liver livery that it had uh, when it raced at Ontario back in 1980. Beautiful car, I saw it down in Indianapolis, and uh, quite the quite the stunning car. Certainly great to see that car uh, back running and on the track. So, uh, what, uh, coming, what are how many how, has has Bob told you how many times these cars are going to be on the track during the weekend?
5: Yeah, on Saturday, uh, there's there's no public gate, but one could buy a pit pass and or pay for parking, On my understanding is, and come into the infield and watch the practice. Rotating practice starts at 11 a.m. Saturday morning and goes straight through to 3 p.m., so four hours of track time between the four groups. Uh, I would imagine that we're probably going to see each group of cars on the track at least three times through the course of that four hours, and then on Sunday, uh, the regular scheduled times for each you know each segment of the event on sunday so uh, a lot of track time we estimate for the vintage indy cars probably a total of two hours of track time between the two days that's what i've told all my guys so we're looking we're looking forward to that so, um,
1: so, so if a fan comes up and sees a car and and the owner sitting there should, should the fan be afraid to ask the, the gentleman about the car or should they ask him about the Absolutely car?
5: Absolutely not. Uh, our car owners, drivers, crew members, uh, a lot of these guys are former IndyCar crew members and IndyCar people, uh, and it, we're a very fan-friendly paddock. And I should also tell everybody that's listening that if you're there on Sunday on Father's Day with a ticket for the race, whether you buy it at the gate or you bought it online or bought it at Menard's, uh, that ticket is a pit pass, an automatic pit pass into the Vintage Indy Registry paddock. It won't work to get you into the ARCA and, uh, and the truck pit, but it's an automatic pit pass into the fan-friendly Vintage Indy paddock, and that paddock will be dressed and really be beautiful. You can see all these cars, talk to these guys. On Sunday, we'll have uh, a couple of former Indy 500 drivers there. John Martin is going to drive the Chevrolet Corvette Indy 500 pace car for us. Uh, for all the vintage IndyCar segment and then we expect David Hobbs there on Sunday and both those guys are going to be signing autographs and uh, Dave uh, Hobbs is going to be signing his book down in our paddock area so stop by say hi uh, introduce yourself Uh, everybody's friendly you know the kids some of these drivers will even let the kids sit in these iconic cars so uh, we welcome everyone to come down and and
1: see us and uh, what's neat about it is there uh, the 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 paddock where the vintage indy cars are going to be is very convenient isn't it for the fans
5: it is if you're in the grandstand and you're a fan you can just simply walk through that tunnel that goes under the main straightaway. and when you exit the tunnel if you turn immediately to your right and uh you know turn 180 degrees to your right you'll literally walk through the gate into the vintage indy car paddock you should be able to see it from the grandstand quite easily our tents are going to be uh, purple and white striped roof tents, and there'll be lots of flags flying and whatnot. And uh, we're really easy to find, whether you're in the grandstand or you're in the infield. And as I said, we welcome everybody to come come down and say hi. It's part of the show.
1: And um uh, talking with uh, Mike Lashman on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline from the Vintage Indy Registry on the Final Inspection Show. Uh, you know, what what what... Is what what shouldn't we do when we go there? Shouldn't we shouldn't be walking on the cars or anything like that, right? Yeah, don't <laughs>
5: touch the cars unless you ask. Some of these cars are very, you know, valuable cars, uh, ranging, you know, from anywhere from the hundreds of thousands to the millions of dollars in value. Believe it or not, uh, so always ask before you touch a car. But but you know, everybody's very friendly, and all these owners are really receptive to the f- fans. They love to put these cars out in front of the public. Uh, they love to interact with the fans and answer your questions and uh you know just feel free to you know mosey on down and uh we're neighborly what can i say?
1: <laughs> should be a lot of fun. I know a lot of a lot of uh people have been interacting with me when I see' them out, and they've been uh talking about it, and they're certainly looking forward. To seeing a wide variety of cars Father's Day weekend at the Milwaukee Mile, Mike. We certainly appreciate you taking out your time out of your busy schedule to join the show, and look forward to chatting with you next week at the Milwaukee Mile at the Father's Day extravaganza.
5: All right, Steve. Thank you. And you know, we've had—I must say—we've just had an immense amount of support from everybody up in Milwaukee and Wisconsin. Everybody from Pauly's Pub and Eatery across the street there from the track on Greenfield Avenue to. Cole Publishing and Bob Kendall, Kettle Moraine uh, Preservation and Restoration up in Brewster, Wisconsin, and just, just an outpouring of interest in all of this.
1: Fantastic. Looking forward to it. We'll chat more next week at the Milwaukee Mile. All right. Thank you, Mike. And that was Mike Lashman on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline.
2: Looking to buy, build, renovate, or refinance in 2019? Look no further and call Great Midwest Bank today. Great Midwest Bank providing simply local common sense lane to your community since 1935.
1: We'll take a break. When we come back after a sports flash, we'll talk with Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com. Show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, along with David Hobbs Honda. Make sure to check out DavidHobbs.com and also Great Lakes Dragway for all the latest at the Dragway. And uh, joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it is Eddie Lepine from RacingNation.com. Welcome to the show.
6: Hey, Steve, how are you today?
1: Fantastic. It is beautiful up here, finally. It's finally summer in wow. Milwaukee. Wow, and it's it's like <laughs> rain here all day, oh, and all week. Oh, that's a shame.
6: It's horrible. It's, just it's depressing.
1: Well, you guys have to get rain <laughs> once in a while, right? So, uh, IndyCar we
6: need the rain.
1: IndyCar in Texas yes. and uh, Takuma Sato is on the pole. There's a guy who's uh, somebody. I think it was uh, I think it was uh, Townsend Bell or somebody on the NBC broadcast said you know, he's probably having his his best season overall this year. He's certainly a contender for the championship, because uh, in the past with, with Sato, he had a lot of ups and downs, but as as I said, he kind of smoothed those hills out. The, the ups are still up, but the downs are, aren't as, as down as they have been lately. Have, have you been impressed with what he's been able to do over the last uh, few races here?
6: Oh, definitely, and, and he's just such a great guy too, to have around. I mean, he's the senior guy of the tour too, so to speak. And uh, he's very impressive. I mean, he snuck up at Indy and I think this pole, I think, you know, racing is momentum and confidence and Takumo has been around a long time. And I think he's just getting a handle. And I think the Ray Hall team is giving him the engineering and they're just working well together over there, and that's why you're seeing what you're seeing.
1: Certainly has when you, I mean, when you look at the the lineup uh, for the DxE Technology 600 tonight at Texas for the IndyCar race. You know, it's Sato and Dixon on the on the front row. Dixon, of course, is not a surprise. Sebastian Bourdais, a bit of a surprise for somebody who, as Paul Tracy likes to say, doesn't like ovals. Every time you, he's on the screen, he certainly excels at them. And uh, Bourdais with a strong run uh, with Dale Coyne Racing as a third. Ryan hunter Ray, Captain America, of course, is fourth. Simon Pagano, the lead Penske. So here you go. Simon Pagano, your Indy 500 winner. The guy who people were speculating, is he going to be out of a ride, is the lead Penske on an oval at Texas, qualifying fifth. Spencer Piggott is uh, sixth. Then you got Joseph Newgarden, uh, Hinchcliffe, Graham Rahal, uh, Sato's teammate, and Colton Herta round out the top ten, so uh, a bit of a surprise with uh, uh, you know Sado maybe on the pole, but kind of the other surprise is just where Team Penske is. That uh, you know you, you expect Texas, oh there'll be you know four car, you know three cars they should have you well, know, three of the top ten, and and that's not the case this weekend, is it?
6: Well, well, you always think Will Power is going to be there, but. Will's had another tough season. It, he's had nothing but bad luck again. And I think this race is going to be one of those races, though, that they qualify and the race is going to be a completely different thing. I think you'll see the Penske's come to the front. And the guys that can drive the cars, you know, they're at Texas that'll be able to handle the tire degradation, and you're going to see a really good race. I'm sure, definitely.
1: And uh, your buddy Mario Andretti had an incident yesterday,
4: didn't he? <laughs> I was just I was just
6: reading it. I I was reading it on Facebook about all the people <laughs> that wished they would have been in the car for that ride. <laughs> if it included free uh, pair of underwear if they got their <laughs> money back. Um, I mean, you know. I, the guy's done how many laps, and it's like he's in a, under a microscope. And the one time he spins, it's like the biggest thing on on you know on the media. Well, I
1: mean, to talk that's about. it's a that's a bit of fair. Now, now you you've actually taken a ride with Mario, and and he's always been one to say, you know, this isn't a thing where it's it's just a tour. He's trying to recreate that experience, and he and he pushes it. He pushes the oh. that, that envelope a bit, doesn't he, Eddie?
6: I I witnessed it firsthand at St. Pete. It's it's a totally. A, I mean, he is he's pushing it for what he's driving a two feet mm-hmm. Indy car. He is pushing it, and he definitely gives. I I was just at Long Beach watching the people get out of the car and. They were just, I mean, it, it, no, nobody drives it like Mario. And to get a ride with him is just, you know, I mean, driver of the century, you know, one of the greatest drivers of all time. And he definitely, at 79 years old, uh, he gives you a ride for your money.
1: Well, it's interesting, you know, the, the two-seater ride has been one of the secrets, in my opinion, to, to car racing and kind of getting the word out about the series. Not only when you have somebody as iconic as Mario Andretti uh, driving it, but when they have the other drivers, like last week they had Connor Daly, and then uh, previously they've had Ari Leindyke, Ari Leindyke Jr., and other drivers, Davey Hamilton, and that, that, that have driven it. And, it, you know, when I was working at the Milwaukee Mile, we got Sparky, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer from the station, uh, into – a a two seater at Milwaukee and it really opened his eyes. I mean, he was like, he had a newfound respect for IndyCar car racing in that when he And, you know, we started to cover, you know, more IndyCar car racing on the show after that, because he was so impressed by the experience and, and everything he felt. It was certainly a, uh, a, a new feeling for him because, you know, people just think, Oh, well, you're, you're, you're driving. And they, if, if you've never felt, Felt negative G's and and the G loads in a race car and 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 you're, oh it's not how can it's not tiring and and you you've done some Eddie uh, racing Eddie and you really I mean yeah it 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 can tire you out can it?
6: Well, I'll tell you, you know, I, I took my mom down and I got her a, a, a ride at Richard Petty when my friend Eddie Brown was over there doing rides and she took the. She took it and she is, you know, the biggest NASCAR fan. Actually, I get my secrets from her. And Mm -hmm. she was totally, I mean, she got out of that car, rubber legs and all. And (laughs) just give her a different perspective. What happens is, and that was at the Disney track, you know, 15, 20 years ago. And she thought it was just incredible. So when she went and watched Racing after, it just. It gives people a different perspective. And I think it's probably one of the best things that motorsports has going for them. And I think they need to do more of it. Yeah, to bring people to the track.
1: Talking to Eddie Lapine and the great Midwest Bank hotline. We're getting pushing up against time here, Eddie. But uh, before we go here, uh, turning our attention to Formula One real quick. Ferrari is finally, we've got uh, Vettel and Leclerc were fastest in final practice for a Canadian Grand Prix. Is Could this be the weekend where Ferrari finally does what we've been expecting them to do, and that is challenge Mercedes a bit uh, in the championship and maybe win a few races here?
6: Well, my honest opinion, or are you, I not? Please, I, please. I think in 45 minutes, I think Mercedes was nine-tenths of a second faster. Uh, yesterday. I don't think anybody showed their cards, and I think you'll see it today. In another 45 minutes, you'll see who's on pole, and I think it's going to be Mercedes. Uh, I I really hope that Ferrari can turn it around. They have to, because it's just getting to the point where every weekend it's just the Lewis Hamilton show and Mercedes. And I think to make it interesting, I sure hope they can, but I just Highly doubted at at Montreal that that's going to happen.
1: Give us give us your winner in uh NASCAR Cup uh, Series race at Michigan tomorrow.
6: I'm going to go with Happy Harvick.
1: I like it, Happy Harvick, Kevin Harvick for Michigan tomorrow NASCAR and tonight in IndyCar, Texas.
6: Boy, that this is th- this is a tough one. I, I I'm going to go with Takuma Sato. Okay, I, I don't know. I just I think he's.
1: He's he's ready again here. All right. Uh boy, this is a tough one too because there's so many options, but I'm going to go with Borday. Uh why not? I'll try uh Bourdais who's starting third and I picked uh, earlier in the last uh last hour I had taken uh Brad Keselowski to win in NASCAR. So we'll see what happens and we'll chat with you uh um not sure next week cuz we'll be at the Milwaukee Mile. And uh, But definitely the following week, looking Keep forward in to IndyCar, IndyCar at the Road America. So looking forward to chatting with IndyCar. Eddie again at Road America. Yes, looking at,
6: forward to coming to Road America and the 24-hour Le Mans is next week. And, and it's and actually out on Racing I, Nation,
1: Motor, Motor Trend TV it's on. It is on, uh, on your cable channel, so make sure to check that out. I thought it wasn't, but apparently it, it will be on TV. So, Eddie, appreciate you taking time out. We'll chat with you again. You're listening to The Final right. Inspection. Listening to The Final Inspection show brought to you by Legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove and David Hobbs Honda.
0: This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. presented by the Legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove on 105.7 FM, The Fan.
1: And hey, welcome back to the final inspection show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Make sure to check out greatlakesdragway.com for all the latest news and happenings at Great Lakes Dragway. And also make sure to check out their Facebook page at Great Lakes Dragway uh, for the latest like in weather reports and whatnot, updates and stuff going on there at Great Lakes. And make sure to check us out, the final inspection show, Saturday, July 6th. We'll be at Great Lakes Dragway broadcasting live for Bugfest Fest. Should be a lot of uh, fun. We'll be having We'll be posting more uh, information on that on our Facebook page at TFI, the final inspection page. Make sure to check us out. Also on Twitter at SFI1250, standing for the old Sparky's final inspection at 1250 AM. But, we're, of course, we're also on 105.7 FM, The Fan. So check us out on Twitter, too. i also like to thank David Hobbs Honda for their support and also – Make sure on June 16th, Sunday, June 16th, the Milwaukee Mile for the Father's Day Spectacular. Jeff Orlowski, that should be pretty cool.
7: Yeah, I cannot wait. That's going to be a blast. Uh, 100 miles ARCA late model series. That's going to be fun. Vintage Indy cars and a whole lot more. I'll be down there with the kids and everything. I can't wait for that, Steve. Yeah, it was great talking to Bob Sargent earlier
1: today and also Mike Lashmet of the Vintage Indy Registry. And that should be a lot of fun. As I like to say, there's something for everybody there. Uh, stock cars, uh, late models should be some spectacular late model racing at the Milwaukee Mile, which always promotes uh, great racing in itself. We got some vintage indie cars, so the open wheel fans. Also, we have the Midwest Truck Series. We're also going to have vintage stock cars there. So you, you like the old stock cars? Come on out for that. And the Mid-Am stock cars, which have raced at the Milwaukee Mile in the past and always have put on a pretty good show. So make sure you check out as the Milwaukee Mile comes back to life, Father's Day Sunday. Brought to you by Track Enterprises, the ARCA Midwest Tour, Sunday, June 16th. So make sure you're out there. Should be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to that.
7: Sure beats going to the zoo or taking your kids to a park and calling that Father's Day. You can do that garbage any day. Uh, get down to the mile, support local, you know, support the races down there so they continue to grow and get bigger and better series and everything like that. Can't complain about the lack of racing at the mile if you're not going to show up and support what they do have. So we definitely hope to see you guys all out there on uh, Father's Day. And, of course, last Sunday we had uh, NASCAR
1: uh, Monster Cup Series was in Pocono for the Pocono 400, and uh, Kyle Busch pretty much handily won won that race and uh you know it's one of those situations where uh cal bush that's a good team he's a damn good driver you get everything hooked together look out
7: yeah he had it all working for him uh you know we talked about it on uh on last saturday's show about how you know pocono is not really anybody's favorite track and it doesn't really lend itself to good racing uh it can though There's one out of every like eight or nine, you know, will actually be a decent race. This was not one of those. So, you know, I I would hate to admit to you on the air how many times I fell asleep during that snoozer. Uh, And, you know, it's bad when I uh, am flipping and watch more of the Indy race than I did the NASCAR race because I'm uh, 95 percent bigger uh, NASCAR fan than I am an Indy fan. And that uh, the Indy was better. The, uh, it was kind of interesting, uh, Kyle Busch,
1: you know, won the race rather handily, but here you had Kyle Larson that won stage one and two, and you could see his frustration on, on that last restart when he kind of let it all hang out and turned two and bopped the wall because he was trying as hard as he can. He's kind of going for broke there, and certainly a frustrating season for for Kyle Larson, and and I, I think, you know, you'll you'll see when you see athletes in, in sports and, and make decisions, and, and sometimes whether it's football, whether it's a, a quarterback making a throw, he should not have thrown, but but the reason why is because of frustration or whether it's somebody on the Brewers and baseball or whatever, but you, any sport, and I think – what we saw in that last restart with Kyle Larson at 42 car, which has shown some glimpses, but overall has had a real crummy season so far. He, he seems to be getting frustrated.
7: Yeah. He's definitely one of the main underachievers. When you look back at uh, the 2019 season so far, like you said, there have been some glimpses, but week in week out, he's not contending for a win more likely than not. He's uh, been having bad luck. And, uh, so I don't fault uh, Larson for going for it, and um, he needed it. He needed a uh, well. He needed a good finish, but I, I don't. I don't fault him for going balls to the wall out there to try to get that win because that would have been huge for that team and for him. Because right now, you know, if I had to put money down, there's no way in hell I say that Kyle Larson is making the playoffs. On on Sunday, they had the competition caution at lap twenty.
1: And I'm getting a little frustrated by these. You know, they say, oh, it's for checking tire and this and that. Why? I mean, we always hear, I mean, this is, this is, there are, there are teams that are spending $20 million a year. These ain't, these ain't showroom stock cars. And these are professionals. They're all professionals. Whether it's the drivers, the engineers, the crew chiefs, even the guys going over the wall. These are the best of, of, of the best. Why are we having competition cautions? It just seems frustrating and you know I was looking at Twitter while this was happening and it's starting to you know it's you're starting to see some frustration frustration from some of the fans because there's you know, let's face it there's a lot of there's a you know, there's a segment of of the fans out there that don't like the stages so it's bad enough we have stages, but now we have a competition you know competition caution on lap 20. the guy that was who I, if I'm really mad is William Byron. 'Cause he led all twenty laps, was kinda had to race in hand, and then next thing you know, there there's a, there's this competition caution. He he must have been like, Oh no, I wanna leave this thing. You know, it, it was it was interesting. Uh one of the tweets I liked, I favorited. It says, when you have a competition caution for teams to check tire wear and teams opt not to change tires in an effort to grab track position, perhaps there shouldn't be a competition yellow. Yeah, <laughs> you know, of course. Are you frustrated as much as – I mean, it's not, I'm not throwing stuff, but it's just I, I shake my head when I see these competition cautions in these cup races.
7: You know, Usually you get them because there's been rain or something like that. Uh, you know – what, what is practice for nowadays? You know, if, you, if the competition caution was so important, every team should run 20 laps and then bring their car down to the pit to figure out the tire wear. Let them work that out. You know, there's no reason why you should be slowing down these races that take too long to begin with uh, with more caution flags. You sat there and you, you install the stages. You already m- automatically get two yellow flags where you know exactly where those are going to land. You put a competition caution in it as well. Now you got three yellow flags that you know when when they're going to happen. Sure. And it it's taking away strategy. You're taking uh, a big part of the crew chief's role out of the race. For me, it's not exciting. Just get out there run the damn cars, and let's get moving.
1: You know, you had a situation where Kyle Busch might have had a problem with the tire going down. I mean, what if he? What if we don't have a competition problem and he does have a flat tire? Well, and he has to take a, make a green flag pit stop or there's some other teams that have to make a green flag pit stop. What what happens then? Well, then you have different strategies. Yeah. And in and, and a race like Pocono, that's really – that's where you kind of – it. you know, Pocono is not Talladega. And it's not Daytona. You know, it, it, it's a different it's a different animal. That's fine. And what have we seen in the past at races like Pocono that kind of made them interesting? And, well, not, now, and some people don't like this, but you get these gas mileage races. Or you have a situation where people are, you know, there's tire. There's all different strategies that can be ruled out. Let's have a strategy race once in a while. And I think with having all these breaks, you know... Do we need all these breaks? I think you're kind of taking that that uh, formula out of these races at a track like Pocono, which can make it interesting.
7: Yeah. You know, the different strategies is one of the only things that usually makes Pocono interesting. Is so-and-so going to have enough fuel to outlast so-and-so? This guy's got fresher tires than that guy. Is he going to have enough time to catch him? That's pretty much the only times that Pocono is interesting. You sit there and you keep putting in these uh, artificial made-up cautions. You're taking that away, and you're going to you know, lessen the experience for the fans that are there, and you're going to bore the hell out of the fans that are watching at home. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk more NASCAR on the final inspection show, brought to
1: you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, along with David Hobbs Honda. And make sure to check out the Father's Day Spectacular at the Milwaukee Mile, June 16th. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Make sure to check out greatlakesdragway.com. Also, David Hobbs Honda. Make sure to check out davidhobbs.com for our latest and new and used vehicles. Make sure you check them out, because uh, if you're looking for a Honda, that's the place to go. And even new uh, used cars. Wide variety of not only Honda-certified used cars, but also... Different varieties of used cars, whether it's a, you know, Toyota,
7: Hyundai, Ford, anything you're looking for, they've got it. And uh, their website is phenomenal. It'll tell you everything they got in stock. If you're looking for it, Hobbs has got it. So, go buy a car and then bring it down to Great Lakes and race that sucker. And also
1: make sure to check out Father's Day weekend, June 16th, Sunday, Father's Day spectacular at the Milwaukee Mile. Be there or be square. I will not remember, be square. I will be there. Remember a uh, crazy Jim's demolition derby? Oh yeah. They they had a slogan. Don't uh, if you miss it, you're a Herman.
7: <laughs> nice, nice. I used to love demo derbies. Man, grew up going to those at Santa Fe Speedway, south side of Chicago, and uh, it was funny because I, me and my buddy went when they opened up Joliet. Uh, this you know Chicago Land Speedway. Then they put in Route 66 right by it uh, with the drag strip and everything. And then they put in like a quarter or half mile, you know, clay or Mm -hmm. dirt, whatever you want to call it. And uh, so me and him went out there for Demo Derby. And we used to have, I I grew up with, with this kid and we've been friends forever. So we used to have birthday parties at Santa Fe Speedway. And it was Team Demolition Derby. So oh, really? okay. you had like four cars on a team and one guy's making laps and the other three are trying to kill the guy making laps. And you either, whoever gets five laps first or whatever, you know, uh, car that's scoring the points gets the farthest is the winner. If you know, both those cars crash out. So all the teams were the same. They had the locomotives, the mean green machine. Uh, <laughs> it was, it was awesome. It was absolutely awesome. I was sitting there. I was probably like, you know, it was at least 10 years ago. So I was, you know, real late 20s or early 30s and uh, just had a ball. I loved it.
1: Hey, speaking of having a ball, uh, you know, we've been critical of some of the tracks NASCAR has been to and haven't produced maybe the best racing. But that Xfinity race last Saturday, that was spectacular. That was shocking. I mean Cole Custer with a last lap pass uh passing uh, Tyler Reddick who had taken the lead from I think it was Custer and I mean overall the the whole race I think it was probably one of the most competitive of the year whatever package that had have if they could you know get that over to the cup side you know that we might be doing something pretty good because that that was an entertaining race as you know I I we've been very critical of the Xfinity series with the 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 cup interlopers and whatnot we haven't seen that that much this year uh when it has it's been a uh- a Kyle bush just uh slaughter but uh it no no real cup interlopers i don't i don't think they had any at Pocono and it's just a great race and what was really cool is you knew redick you knew you knew custer had a pretty fast car but uh redick, you know got by him. And you're thinking, oh, this is pretty good. And they're going into the final turn, and Redick washed up just a bit. And you're thinking, oh, he's gonna make his move, but it wasn't a, it wasn't one of these situations where he washes up and, and he's. It was still, you were thinking, hey, this could be a drag race. And the best thing about it, nobody rubbed on anybody, nobody drop kicked them. It was a nice, clean pass. It was a fun race to watch, and you know, clap clap to uh the xfinity series we're doing a nice job at pocono
7: yeah they did do a phenomenal job and when's the last time that you were able to say that the xfinity series was more exciting than the cup series no matter how god awful the race is in the cup series xfinity is usually a 100 times worse so yeah it was a <laughs> phenomenal race and uh you know very exciting and you know i i can't say enough good things about it and that saved uh, the Saturday race, the Xfinity Series saved the weekend for for NASCAR because uh at least the uh, the few fans that showed up to watch that one got a good show because Sunday didn't deliver, but hats off to, to Custer, hats off to Redick, you know, they raced clean like you said, there was no no bump and run, no no funny business. It was just a nice, clean pass on the last lap for a win. And you know what what was really cool about that race? Kurt
1: Bush was awesome as a color commentator. Yeah. I mean, Karvik's really good. Brad Kasalski pretty good. Even, I hate to say this, Logano has his moments.
7: <laughs>
1: but Kurt Bush was really good. And you know the worst thing about it, though? He made Mikey Waltrop look so bad.
7: Well, Michael Waltrop has made himself look bad for years now. But he was, he was, uh, um, um, uh, just
1: going through with, with, with some of the situations that were occurring, explaining what's happening to the car. Now, obviously Kurt Bush has a has an advantage because he's an active driver. He's closer. I mean, granted, you know, the media people go down to the garages, talk to people and whatnot, but it's not like being behind the wheel. It's kinda like the Tony Ro- Tony Romo syndrome. Right. Where he you know, he still can read the defenses, he's still that close to the the field and whatnot so he has an advantage over some of the other color commentators in, in the NFL but with Kurt Bush I, I I was just he, he was giving you the, those tidbits of information as a someone that's watching the race that you're looking for and not just uh, Michael Waltrip is kind of like oh look at him go type you know it, it, there, it it's it's a lot of white bread. There's Mm -hmm. no substance.
7: Right. Yeah. You know, Mikey's been that way forever. Uh, A lot of white bread, a lot of, you know, Oh my God, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) And Oh, you know, uh, the race is is so boring and (laughs) oh, this is the greatest thing ever. And all that kind of stuff, just, you know, all over NASCAR and how great it is and all that. And it was a nice change of pace. I was surprised how well he did. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was a pleasant surprise, and, and hats off to him as well. And
1: equal, I got to give equal thing here. Lee Diffie, you're on notice. You don't have to tell us how good the IndyCar race is. Yeah, true. We know. Lee Diffie, we know. Just just describe us the action. We know what's going on. You don't have to tell us, oh, this is a great way, you know, thinking we're going to turn off if it's if it's a good race. Give the viewer some uh you know credit. He knows he or she knows what they're looking at. And if they're they'll make they'll let us judge. Let the viewers judge if it's a good race.
7: I thought the same thing. I was like, oh God, here's here's the next Michael Waltrip now. And uh saying how everything's a positive and all that kind of stuff. So I, I thought the same thing, Steve. You're not alone in that. And uh yeah, you know, give the viewer some credit. We know what's a good race, we know what's a bad race, and uh, you know, Obviously, there's differing opinions on on certain stuff, but it uh, you got to give the viewers some credit, and that was he went above and beyond.
1: Michigan this weekend, and uh, just you know, I'm sure listeners are aware of it, but this is the bragging rate rights race yeah. between the manufacturers. And that includes Toyota, Ford, and Chevrolet, of course, but also Toyota. Uh, they all want this one. They all want to win in in what they call it Detroit's backyard. It's been like this for many, many years. Even when the manufacturers weren't even that heavily involved with it, it was still kind of like a hey, you we'll, know, we we won at Michigan this year or whatever. So uh looking back to the days Ford Ford loved it when uh, guys like Leroy or uh well Leroy Arborough I think might have won there, but early on with the with the Torinos and whatnot and then uh, later with Bill Elliott and the Thunderbirds uh, dominating at Michigan, who can forget uh, Davy Allison, Dale Jarrett battling for the lead uh, with the Fords and that? So, and Chevy, you know, Chevy wants this one, Ford wants this one, as well as Toyota. So it'll be interest interesting to see who comes out on top at Michigan this weekend.
7: I think it means a little less now than it did back then because the cars that they're running look absolutely nothing like the cars in the showroom. Yeah,
1: yeah, but they're still. These manufacturers are still putting a lot of money in marketing.
7: They do. They do. Uh, you know, but it's not like, you know, checkers on Sunday, sales on Monday. It, uh, you know, because of how how awkward the cars look now and how much different they look than what they're supposed to look like on the street. So, it. but, yes, all the manufacturers want to win this one. There is added pressure, and they're all trying hard, and, and we'll see. Hopefully – You know, I I hope it doesn't come down to a fuel mileage race, but either way, I hope it's exciting. Coming up next, Ricky
1: Stenhouse on the Final Inspection Show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove along with our friends at David Hobbs Honda. And don't forget the Father's Day Spectacular at the Milwaukee Mile, June 16th. Get out there and uh, enjoy racing at the Milwaukee Mile. You've You've requested it. We have racing at the Milwaukee Mile. Put your butt in the seat. We want to see you out there. Looking forward to it. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show on Sports Radio 1057 FM, The Fan.
0: This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove on 1057 FM, The Fan.
7: Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The fan brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove and, of course, our good friends over at David Hobbs Honda. Now uh, it's Jeff Orlovsky here at a Polish pipe bomb. We head out to the great Midwest Bank hotline. Welcome in the driver, the number 17 Roush Fenway Ford, Ricky Stenhouse, Jr. Ricky, thanks for a couple minutes today, buddy.
8: Not a problem. Thanks for having us on.
7: Yeah, uh obviously last week did not go as planned. A thirty second place finish at Pocono. Uh and you know, your season isn't uh isn't going as planned, I wouldn't imagine. How would you describe your twenty nineteen season so far?
8: Well, I would say the twenty nineteen season has been really good and really bad. Uh, but I think now four DNS, uh a few have been Blown uh, right front tires like we had this weekend at Pocono, uh, those are never good uh, and tend to uh, get bad results out of. But on the good side of things, uh, we've had some really good runs. Kansas and Mich- uh, Kansas and Charlotte, uh, as of late, have been really good runs for us. Had a top five at the Coca-Cola 600. And, uh, you know, so we've got things right when we have them right, but uh, we got to get a little more consistent with it.
7: Being a veteran of the sport, do you do you like you know like the six hundred, where you can use your experience to constantly work on the car, pit stop after pit stop after pit stop to try to make it better?
8: I enjoy the six hundred. I know it's a, it's a long race, but I do enjoy it. We uh, we actually needed all six hundred miles to get our car exactly where we wanted. We were. We were struggling in the middle part of the race, and uh, we got it really good there towards the end of the race. So uh, for us, we needed all six hundred miles. I mean, there's times that uh, you are in a good position at four hundred miles, and you'd wish it'd be over. but uh, that's part of that race, and uh, I enjoy it.
7: when you have the uh, const, you know, you know the recurring problems of of blown tires and and stuff that's not really, you know, anybody's fault, stuff just sometimes happens out there on the racetrack. How does that affect the mood in and around the race shop?
8: You know, keeping the mood up is definitely a a tough thing to do in our sport. You know, you have good runs, you have bad runs, and, you know, you you got to keep the morale up and, uh, you know, throughout the whole shop, not just on, on the team. You know, there's so many people that, uh, touch these race cars that, that work hard and, and put in a lot of hours. And, uh, you know, those things are tough, but you got to get past them. And you have a, a lot of veteran guys, I feel like, that um, kind of help with that. So we, uh, we've we had a lot of people at Roush Fenway that have, you know, been in the sport a long time and kind of understand that. But it is a bummer when you, you come off a fifth place run at Charlotte and then, you know, follow it up with a, a blown tire and, and finish you know, in the back. So, it's, uh like I said, though, it's part of it.
7: Besides Daytona, you know, on 4th of July weekend, what upcom- upcoming race do you feel, you know, either most fits your driving style or would give you uh, guys the best chance to uh, hit victory lane?
8: Well, like you said, obviously, I think uh, Daytona, Bristol, uh, in August will be a, a good one for us. Uh, the mile and a half have been good racetracks for us this year. I felt like we had a top five car at Kansas. A uh, little miss out there at the end of the race. We finished 11th. So um, we finished 5th. So I do feel uh, the mile-and-a-half program is getting better. I don't think we're ready to just go dominate a race and, and win yet. Um, but I, I do think we're close uh, on the mile-and-a-half. Uh, Michigan, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, you know, it's the drafting and, and things like that, it, it could turn into a, a Daytona race. Uh, we'll just have to see. But Hopefully, uh, hopefully, we'll win
7: ball. Now, you sort of have a reputation of a guy not being afraid to use the chrome horn. Uh, do you think that's deserved?
8: Uh, I mean, yeah, no, I'm not afraid to use it. Um, you know, I generally uh, race people the way they talk or, or race me. So, um, you know, it's just one of those things that, um, you know, when I have a when we have a good car, I feel confident and uh, we'll do whatever we need to do to get the best possible finish for our team and, and our partners. And, uh, you know, when when we aren't having a good day, uh, I definitely don't press the issue. So I, I kind of pick and choose.
7: Okay. Uh, what, you know, say you wanted to go out and have a beverage or two after, after a race, which other driver are you most likely to go out to, to a bar with and grab a drink?
8: I would say I, I hang out most with uh, Larson, uh, Hamlin, and, and Blaney. I would say those are um, people that I hang out
3: with the most.
7: Okay, well that's it for the hard questions here. Um, now uh, the soft stuff. I'm talking with Ricky Stenhouse Jr., driver the number seventeen Roush Fenway Ford here on a final inspection show. What's your favorite personal car that you own?
8: Oh, ah, uh, man, I don't know. I've got two, probably. Um, I just got a 1926 uh, Ford Model T. Nice. And then I got on the opposite end of the spectrum uh, the new Ford GT. <laughs> uh, we've, got,
7: we've
8: got both ends
7: coming. Yeah, one uh, one for going fast and one for uh, not going fast. Exactly. Now, uh, okay. So now, say obviously. Uh, well, I'm sure you'll throw one in in the uh, Model T. But say I hop in your GT with you. What kind of music? Uh, you know, what do you play in a, in the CD player or iPad now?
8: I'm uh, I'm all country. That's pretty much all I listen to. Um, probably '90s country is is my go-to.
7: All right. So who's like your top two, top three?
8: Ooh, Darth. Uh, George,
7: and Allen. Well, three legends right there. That's right. Absolutely. Well, hey, Ricky, thank you very much. I appreciate a few minutes of your time. Wish you the best of luck uh, tomorrow uh, in Michigan and the rest of the season, and hopefully when it's all said and done, you're raising that 2019 championship trophy. Thank
8: you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having
4: us on.
7: Hey, thank you. That was Ricky Stenhouse, Jr. He joined me on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. When we come back, we'll have more of the final inspection show right after this.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.